all these streaming platforms were very much intended to benefit the record label and their large catalog of work, right? And I think we can all agree, like the the revenue models and the royalty models behind Apple Music, Pandora, Spotify, et cetera, don't really value music the way it's supposed to be properly valued. And hence why we're seeing like this entire new wave of music NFTs where you have platforms like Catalog, Sound.xyz, Mint Songs, et cetera, treating music as a collectible, as if you were to collect a fine piece of art, right? And it's interesting because like back in the day, you would collect vinyls, right? Sure, they had utility of playing them, but these were physical objects that people enjoyed collecting. We're seeing that same mindset be applied in the digital realm as well. But one thing that I find super interesting behind Beats, Loop, Sample Packs is that these, these assets, these on-chain assets actually have genuine utility. They're the, the molecule, the atomic uh, unit of a song, right? And being able to actually purchase these things and create utility and make a song from them actually introduces a whole new layer in like building blocks. And now I start thinking about DeFi and how this entire kind of ecosystem kind of bridges in to one another. So seeing what you've done so far and producing and and creating genuine value uh, from a producer's point of view and what you want to sell sample pack for, not necessarily plugging into, let's say, Splice or or BeatStars, et cetera, and letting them define whatever it is that 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 art is worth on their platform is just interesting to see. Um, And I guess from like your point of view, okay, why do beats loops sample packs actually need to be on chain like what is the problem that that's solving i know you touched upon it a little bit earlier but just to give more clarity to the audience that doesn't really have true familiarity behind it yeah what was what was like the aha moment for you was it the provenance was it the ownership layer was it the, the the royalties on chain like walk me through more of your mental model behind that so the number one issue it solves is ownership right um and so think of it this way think of it like you said legos right So let's say these sound packs are Legos. And let's say, for instance, I have a Lego set and I want to sell it, right? And so let's say I I place this Lego set in Toys R Us. There's, you know, 50,000 units that are shipped that are expected to sell in all these different platforms. And after a couple months, all 50,000 of those Lego sets are sold, right? And it's the same Lego set. So you have 50,000 different people that have this Lego set. Now, let's say they put the Lego together and they create what was intended to create, right, from this Lego set. And now they want to resell that Lego set to other people. Well, it's going to be difficult to do that because you have, you know, 49,999 other people that have the same exact Lego set. And if you sell your Lego set, you're not selling, you, you you don't have that ownership to sell that lego set because there's Mm -hmm. you know tens of thousands of other people that have the same one and you you really have no way of proving that you own it right um you just have a receipt that you purchased it so um that's sort of how i look at these sound packs is it's a way to transfer true one-on-one ownership to use this one lego set for this one purpose for this one purpose for this one person right um and so it just kind of solves all those issues of like usage, um, what you're able to use um, and create with that sound pack. Um, and it gives that person that freedom to be able to take advantage of using that uh, sound pack the way it was meant to be used. Um, so that's number one problem mm-hmm. it solves. And this is, guys, by the way, this is a huge problem in our industry. You know, you have, I mean, even me personally, um, I've run into cases where, I'll, you know, 
um, one producer will use one of my sound packs. And then there's another music producer that uses the same sound pack. And now Drake has a song with one piano, but then Travis Scott just recorded to the same piano. And mm. now, who, you know, who, who gets mm. to release what? Who owns it? Now I'm in the middle and I'm like, who do I give this piano pack to? Do I give it to Drake or do I give it to Travis? Because they want to release it as a song. And, and they can't both release it because it's basically the same thing. So, you know, it's a big problem. It happens all the time. And uh, I felt as though um, the sample pack NFT was one way of potentially solving that problem. Yeah. So do you imagine Drake or the other, these other artists that are kind of like fighting, fighting, quote unquote, over the same sample pack? Do you imagine them going onto a platform and buying that? Uh, and under, underneath the hood, there's like some verifiable standard like an nft that would prove outright because x person bought it and it's in their wallet and they outright fully own it is that how you imagine the process kind of coming into play i do i do okay i'll give you an example yeah and this, this has happened okay my, my one of my good friends music producer boy wonder one of the best to do it i don't know if you guys are familiar but okay. boy wonder has produced all of drake's hits let's say he 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 calls me he's and he goes hey ilman i'm in the studio with drake send me some sound packs Right. What I can do is airdrop him sound packs with the smart contract already mm. on, on, the, on the thing. Be like, all right, you're use those. You're the only one that has them because I just airdropped them to you. Mm. Simple. And then the, 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 the usage, the, the um, you know, the smart contract, the contract is in the smart contract in the airdrop. 